Hi there. Welcome to Ask Away, a podcast where kids can ask anything about the Bible. This is Meredith, and I'm here with my kiddos, Riley, who's nine. Hi. And Peyton, who's six and a half. Hi. Together, we'll tell a Bible story, and Riley and Peyton will jump in along the way to ask about what they notice or wonder about or tell parts of the story. Then we will talk about some great questions kids like you sent in. After the show, we hope you'll join in. What did you notice or wonder about or think was weird? Record it as a direct message on Instagram. Send it as an email to askawaypodcast at gmail.com or leave it as a Voxer message. We're there as askawaypodcast. When you do, please share your first name and how old you are. The Bible is pretty amazing as it helps us know who God is. But it can also be confusing, new, and so different from how things are now. So we want you to know that when it comes to the Bible, every question is okay and you can ask away. We left off with Moses on his way back to Egypt where he'd grown up. God had told Moses to tell the Israelite leaders that God was going to rescue the people. Then Moses was to go to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say, the God of the Hebrews said to let them go. And Pharaoh, he said, nope. Probably not literally, but he didn't want them to go. This is my funny version of it. Sorry, not today, buddy. Exactly. He said he didn't know this God of Israel. Because remember, the gods of Egypt would seem to be strongest given that Egypt is in charge and Israel is enslaved. So Pharaoh wasn't going to let some god named Yahweh from another place scare him into losing the enslaved labor that made his country strong. Things got worse before they got better as Yahweh showed their power, and Pharaoh fought to keep his. Finally, though, Pharaoh said for the Israelites to go, to leave, to get out of Egypt. God had set the people free. God let them, led them toward the Red Sea, appearing to them as a pillar of cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire in the nighttime always by their side. Not too long after they had left, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up the troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, and then he chased after the people of Israel with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, all his horses and chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel, and they were camped beside the shore. Now as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord, and they said to Moses, Why'd you bring us here to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Better to be a slave in Egypt than a dead body in the wilderness. So, uh, how are the people feeling, you guys? Well, kind of mad and scared. Yep. 
But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. God themselves will fight for you. This part is kind of funny to me. Yeah, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I wondered how God did that. God sent a wind. A ginormous wind that blew the sea apart. And God's and God and this angel thingy, I don't really know. And they went in the way of the Egyptians. Uh, that giant wind is also called a gale. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like in Frozen. Yeah, except gale in Frozen is really just a small breeze. <laughs> so the angel of God who'd been leading the people Israel and the pillar of cloud both went to the back of the camp, right between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. And as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not go near each other the whole night through. And Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong wind that blew all night long and turned the seabed into dry land. The people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. This is my favorite part. God and the angel move aside, and then the... Egyptians follow, and and then in the middle of it, the walls of water crash down. Here's what I think the crashing down would sound like. It's pretty loud. Hey, Riley, what do you imagine the walls of water were like? I imagine it looked like a wave, like on either side of them, like they were bent, mm. like sort of forming like an arch with a gap on top. Yeah. And I think that you probably, based on science, since water is see-through, if the water was clear enough, you could probably see through it into the ocean. Oh, yeah, kind of like an aquarium. That would be so cool. So the Egyptians chased the people into the middle of the sea after God moved from being between them. But when the Israelites had all reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again, and the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians. God rescued them. And it wasn't that they were more powerful than Egypt and saved themselves. It was that God is more powerful than the evil empire of injustice. God came. God saved. God fought for them. God set them free. That's how God rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And then when the people of Israel saw the mighty power of the Lord that had gone up against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe. It was just amazing. They put their trust in God. One way they showed that trust was through singing songs, declaring that God was great and that God was the one who saved them. The songs were led by Moses, who also had a sister named Miriam. She was a prophet too. And together they led the people in responding to all that God had done to save them. Do you guys have anything else you noticed or anything you were thinking about? Well, not really. Well, I wondered why God decided to make it so that the waters crashed down on the Egyptians when he could have just 
stayed there and then made the water crash down without hurting the Egyptians too? Peyton, that's a really good question. And this is kind of a hard part of the story. We have to remember that the stories of the Bible were written down a very long time ago in the style that would have been meaningful to the people when they wrote it. To them, one of the important things they want us to see about why God is good is how God is stronger than the gods of the Egyptians and how God can end evil. And so although it feels hard to us now, it's also helpful to remember that at that time, this felt very hopeful. Another of my questions was, are Pharaoh's gods the gods of Egypt real or just less powerful? That is a wonderful question. Believe it or not, the Bible is not totally clear about whether the other gods of the nations are real and less powerful than God or whether they are not real at all. It is certainly true that our God is the greatest. But it actually took God's people some time to start to figure out that maybe our God is also the only. Although, I'm thinking, you said that that Moses made a staff a snake to show God's power, but then Pharaoh made his staff a snake too. The Bible seems to talk about the world as having very real, invisible beings that can also do things. They are not God, and they are not as great as God, but they are real. And I think that might be part of the mystery of what happens in stories like this and others. It's a really, really good question, Peyton. Well, goodbye for now. We will continue this story the next time. Right now, it is time for some awesome questions sent in by kid listeners. Our first question comes from Emerson, who's 10. Yes and no. Here's what I mean. God is everywhere, above the clouds, around the world, in outer space. So if you were higher than the clouds, God would be there. But no, because that isn't God's home. God isn't up there in any way that is different than how God is down here or right with you. God is not far away watching us. God is close and God is with us. There are a lot of wonderful poems and songs about God that talk about the sky as if they were God's home, where God is on a throne above. Those aren't meant to tell us precisely, literally, where we find God. They're meant to remind us how big and great and good God is. God's so great, it's as if he needs a cloud to be their throne. I bet you could create a description all your own. You could pick something you think is amazing and then add how God is even better. Like, God is stronger than a crashing wave. God is more beautiful than the tallest snowy mountains. God is closer than a stuffy in your bed. God gives more joy than the awesomest video game. That's a little bit like how the Bible talks about God being high above. Benjamin, who's seven, sent in the question, how did Jesus walk on water? If you haven't heard the story of Jesus walking on the water, we had that in a different Ask Away episode, and we hope you'll go back and listen in. Any miracle Jesus did 
happened because God's Holy Spirit gave Jesus power. And Jesus has power over nature, being that God made it and all. So I don't know exactly how that happened. Maybe there was a force field under his feet that kept him up. Maybe the water got firm like a rock as his feet touched it. Not only was it amazing to the disciples because he was walking on liquid, but also because to them, the sea was a pretty scary place. It was wild and chaotic. So for Jesus to have power over the sea specifically was one way they grew in trusting Jesus as having God's own authority. It reminded them of the creation story, how God was greater than the chaotic deep waters and spoke to make a good world. So I don't know exactly how God firmed up the water beneath Jesus's feet as he walked, but the spirit of God gave him the power to do that miracle. And the reason for the miracle was to help the disciples grow in trusting Jesus as the one God sent. Thank you so much for that question, Benjamin. Thank you, Emerson, for your wonderful question. And now if you have a question or a thought that you want to send to the show, we'd love to hear it. You can record your question as a DM on Instagram. I'm there as Meredith Ann with an E Miller. A voice memo that you email to askawaypodcast at gmail.com or find us on Voxer as Ask Away Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.